Hey everybody, welcome. Fantasy Football Brush Lake Podcast. Um, just jumping right in here. We're going to hit you with uh, the four downs of betting that I think might be kind of fun for this week. Uh, truth be told, I mean, we had essentially a bye on Thursday. I'm trying to watch the Jets in Denver right now. Denver has almost nobody left, and the Jets are so bad that, uh, I mean, man, I'd rather have midweek action. I mean, at least I know, uh, you know, a green team in Ohio will run the ball with some efficiency. But anyhow, um, we got some solid games for uh, you to play. Now, I will say it's getting harder. Uh, a lot of my power rankings and things like that are really matching up with uh, Vegas, which gives us absolutely no value. And so that's not fun. So a lot of these things are, I don't want to say hypothetical, but like I've sort of built a rationale for why I went with this particular team. Now, obviously, any like, you know, sane person can just tear down my argument but you got to go with me i mean i was feeling it and i have some some uh evidence to kind of back up my opinion and yeah um now i will say the four downs took a unique turn because my very first super excited bet the first thing that i wrote down uh i wanted to take the pittsburgh steelers plus one and a half in tennessee uh, I, I felt like the Steelers were going to win the game overall. Um, I, I felt as though they had the better team. Uh, I, I, I didn't um, like how uh, Tennessee had been finishing games. They looked sluggish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, there were tons of highlights. And then, you know, the Titans had a bunch of people come down with covid and the game ultimately got canceled. I thought it was just going to get pushed to Monday, but uh, they're going to have to jack with uh, the team's bye weeks later on in the season to try to make it work, which uh, which isn't ideal. I mean, that, that sucks. That sucks for everybody. I mean, this just isn't good. So, um, so I had to find something other than Pitt, and uh, not going to lie, that was a little tricky. Um, so my, my second favorite play of the week, we're going... New England getting seven points in Kansas City. Now, I know what you're thinking. Brad, Kansas City just blew out what we thought might be the second best team in all of football. Did you watch the game? Did you you see Patrick Mahomes running all over the place and then slinging the ball downfield? I mean, they, they scored at will, essentially. Yeah, I saw. But I also know that... It's really difficult for a team to get up back-to-back weeks. And, and that doesn't just go for you know college and high school and stuff like that. Even a pro team is going to have a really tough time kind of getting up for the big game in back-to-back weeks. So we all know Monday Night Football, that was huge for uh, Kansas City. Huge win. Uh, the whole world essentially was watching. But I also know that with it being on a Monday... They have a little bit less time to prepare for New England. And with it being um, such a big sort of elevated game, your focus isn't great for the first few days after that. So that's all That's all negative stuff. Second thing is Baltimore got away from their overall game plan way too early. They did this in the playoffs when they went down to Tennessee kind of early and they sort of panicked, it seemed like. And then all of a sudden... Uh, they were asking Lamar Jackson to make all these throws, and it just wasn't a good idea. So 
I don't believe that Bill Belichick will do anything like that. New England is a run-first team, and even more so. I would be shocked if I saw Cam Newton with single-digit rushing attempts. I mean, the dude is going to be running with the ball. I mean, he's just it, that's their key to victory. And I think Cam Newton is going to have a huge game because of it. Bill Belichick and his like whole coaching tree, you know, all the way back from his father and stuff like that, comes from the Naval Academy. And nobody knows more about, you know, choking the life out of the clock and protecting the ball and protecting a lead like the midshipmen. So, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking at all to see Bill Belichick uh, just taking this sort of run-the-clock-out stance on it. And, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that New England's going to upset Kansas City, but I, I do think that with them taking the air out of the ball and being able to attack Kansas City and what is one of their weaknesses, they are... Bottom half of the team, uh, bottom half of the league as far as rush defense goes, um, I can see them keeping it close, and that's all we need. Uh, second down. Flip side of that Kansas City game, I've got Baltimore giving 13 points going to Washington. That is a ton of points to lay. I know. I mean, like almost two touchdowns. It's almost unheard of, but. Baltimore to Washington isn't the biggest of trips. I mean, that's not like, uh, you know, cross country or anything like that. Baltimore and Washington have a bit of a rivalry already. They just don't really care for each other. Also, Baltimore was pretty well embarrassed last Monday. I mean, that was as bad a showing that you could possibly imagine for them. And... If uh, I know if I can take a guess as to whether Harbaugh would rather, you know, ease into this week or stomp on the gas. I mean, he's definitely going to recoup any sort of momentum that they lost. Washington has a solid D line, but Chase Young isn't playing as of right now. And the back end of it just isn't very good. Worse yet, Dwayne Haskins is looking worse. Dwayne Haskins is looking so bad that I wouldn't be shocked if Washington is uh, on the lookout for a quarterback in the offseason. And so with those types of things, it's not all that difficult for me to fathom Baltimore going to Washington and just dropping them for no other reason that they kind of got to recoup some of that momentum that they had lost. Also, if you are, you know, sort of curious as to the overall Washington football team vibe last week, take a look at the postgame sort of comments. Take a look at what Dwayne Haskins said. Take a look at what Riverboat Ron had to say. It really gives you in the impression that that team isn't in a let's rally and win a couple games mode. They're definitely aware of their their quarterback struggles and they definitely are aware that they're like sort of in a rebuild mode and i just don't foresee them uh not necessarily trying but them uh, fathoming that they would be competitive in this game i think they understand where they're at third down we're getting a little more crazy here third down Let's go ahead and take the Miami Dolphins catching seven points at home to the Seattle Seahawks. 
and I know this another one of those things where you're like, Brad, did you watch Russell Wilson last week? He was fantastic. Throwing a ball all over the place and they're coming back and winning games. Yeah, I watched. I watched two weeks in a row. I mean, can you imagine how difficult that must be for Seattle to continue to play at a high level after back-to-back weeks of having to make big comeback, big emotional win? I mean, taking on Cowboys and then uh, the New England goal line stand. All of this stuff is just tough to kind of keep your focus and keep your emotions in check. The other big thing is it's a huge trip. The Seattle to the East Coast trip is no joke. That's no slouch. Travel is terrible. Moreover, Miami played last Thursday. They got extra prep for this. And extra prep is just awesome. Now, I like the fact that uh, on our card here, we have so many underdogs. um, But not a ton of these teams play great as an underdog, right? And Miami is one of those teams where I feel as though they've got a lot of fight into them here lately. And I feel as though they're a live underdog. They're feisty. They're trying. You could see it even uh, at the end of the year last year when they were, you know, down in these rough games and stuff like that, but giving it a go, upsetting New England last year and things like that. It's just exciting uh, to see a young team kind of continue to keep that up. Um, Oh, quick stat. Forgot to throw out there. Um, New England, Kansas City. New England's a dog. And Bill Belichick in the last few years hasn't been an uh, underdog a whole lot. But his record in the last 16 that I could find, he's 11 and 5 straight up. Not just with the points or anything like that, but winning 11 and 5. So I feel pretty good about, you know, our dogs this week. So that's why fourth down, I think we should go ahead and take one more. Fourth down, last bet of the week. Let's go with the Atlanta Falcons playing the Green Bay Packers. Atlanta is in the perfect, you know, buy low spot. I mean, nobody should feel worse than Atlanta. They had three weeks and three games that they are definitely in a great spot to win, and they screwed up all of them. But kind of gives you hope that, you know what, they're not that bad. I mean, Atlanta can score points for the most part. Their defense is average to below average, but they're in games, unfortunately, until the fourth quarter, and then they lose them. Green Bay on the flip side, I'm not sold on. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as saying Green Bay is seven points better than Atlanta. I believe they are better, but let's break down who Green Bay's played. Uh, Week one, they beat a severely depleted Minnesota defense. I mean, you can even see the last few weeks, Minnesota's defense just isn't the same. And without that D playing at a high level, with all those rookies and young guys that they've got going, they're just not going to be able to compete the way that Minnesota normally does. So week one is a meh. Week two, they play the Detroit Lions. And the Lions have no starting secondary. I mean, every single guy in their secondary was a backup. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball all over the place. But note, it was only in the second half that they really pulled away. Now, week three, I will tell you that their win over New Orleans was kind of a big deal. I mean, that, that, was, that was a good, good win. But at this point in time, like, how sure are we that New Orleans is good? 
they beat Tampa Bay, but I don't know. New Orleans right now is, uh, I'm concerned that all the talk about uh, poor Drew Brees' arm being uh, shot and having a dead arm back there might actually be right. I mean, if he throws another, like, five-yard dig to Alvin Kamara, like, I'm a freak out. Like, he will not press the ball down the field, and it does not look good. So I'm concerned, and I'm not – I don't want to take anything away from Green Bay. Great win and all, but I just don't know if they're all that good yet. Not seven points better than Atlanta good. So I can totally see Atlanta keeping this close. Last thing that you should know is, well, Atlanta starting off 0-3. I feel like they don't mind their head coach. And if there was ever a time to rally and kind of start to save your season, now's it. I mean, you go down 0-4, they're in total rebuild mode, and there's likely going to be people getting fired uh, unless, you know, COVID prevents everyone from getting fired, which uh, I could see that. I, I mean, NFL teams might not want to pay a coach to do nothing, essentially, in a year where they're going to be losing millions of dollars because of no fans. So, but anywho, I, I kind of feel like Atlanta is sort of that in that rally spot and definitely needing a big win. So those are my four downs. Um, like I said, it was kind of tough this week to find four downs, but I feel pretty good about all four. Uh, now, if you're not feeling it, and I get it, you don't feel it, uh, especially with like the last few, uh, I have fun new thing to, to kind of share with you. So, um it's called a teaser bet, and uh, I've I've had a handful of people like reach out to me and kind of ask about some of these things, and so let me kind of teach a new new cool uh, way to bet these games. So a teaser, most common one is a six point teaser, and what you do is the book gives you six points added on or taken off depending on where your number's at, and you pick two teams and they add six to both the spreads. And if both games hit, you win. Now, if one loses, one out of two, you lose. So it's a little bit risky. I wouldn't recommend doing the teaser thing all that often. If you do happen to do the teaser, um, biggest piece of advice is do it when you can cross numbers. So like you want to cross, especially if you can cross two numbers, that's totally ideal. For instance, this week, uh, the Chicago Bears are at home. Uh, they're catching two and a half. Now, I wanted to be <laughs> excited about the Bears, but let's face it, Nick Foles doesn't have a great track record as the starter. He's amazing coming in, you know, as the fill-in backup guy. But as a starter, with them being able to prep for him, I don't know. I'm kind of sketchy on it. That and if you look up some of these things, what's crazy, um, stats in terms of Bears and defending the run this year isn't great. We're defending the pass fantastic. In fact, rookie uh, Jalen Johnson is a PFF standout right now. Dude's doing fantastic. But against the run, Bears aren't doing great. In fact, there's only a handful of teams that are doing worse. One of those in which I should have probably mentioned earlier, uh, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are giving up six yards per play right now and are, are really not great defense uh, if you look at the grand scheme of things. Now, with that being said, 
I feel like the Bears could cover eight and a half. So if you tease the Bears up from two and a half to eight and a half, you cross some crucial numbers. You cross three and you cross seven, which makes that the ideal play. Like, it's awesome. If you genuinely thought the Bears, you know, would even get close, crossing two major numbers gives you that much more of a likely that it would hit. Uh, Similar, uh, Detroit Lions catching four and a half uh, against New Orleans. I say tease them up to ten and a half. It's going to cross the seven. It's it's good. So if you wanted to play fun little teaser thing, uh, you know, get on your sportsbook app and go uh, Chicago and Detroit and tease them both up. And if they both win that game, you win some cash. So fun new way to bet. And uh, you know, it just kind of spice things up for you. This would be an absolutely terrible gambling section if I didn't at least talk about the Preakness. Preakness is going to be run on Saturday. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any fans or anything like that, but who cares? I'm all about like the, the horse racing history and things like that. I only watch the big ones, but I, I like looking at uh, past performances and I like watching the horse run on YouTube and kind of, you know, Get a vibe for the thing. I, I don't win a whole lot, but it's super fun to watch. And I don't know, maybe one day I'll finally get to go to a horse race, but, you know, not this year. But still, um, everybody is going to be on a horse called Authentic. Uh, that's your your Kentucky Derby winner. Um, you're going to hear about Bob Baffert's record taking a speedy derby winner into the Breakness. I mean, he's just crazy good at it. I mean, he had Justify in, like, 2018. He had American Pharaoh. I mean, like, he's just good with taking that sort of, like, fast-running horse from the derby, getting him prepped on a quick turnaround, get to the Preakness. I, um, I wouldn't blame you if you went authentic, but if you do, um, you're not going to make any money off of it. He's just going to, he's going to get a ton of play that day. His odds would be terrible. I mean, like, don't, don't do it. Don't do authentic. Uh, instead, it'd be way more entertaining if you, uh, went with me with art collector. Art collector is, um, a super fast horse that didn't make it into, um, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and there, there were some weird, like, COVID things going on. So Art Collector missed the Kentucky Derby, but he happened to win um, the Louisiana Derby, I, I believe that was called. It was, like, 2020. Um, it's got decent odds already, but it's kind of up there on the board. Um, so he's not, like, a total dark horse. Uh, he's in the third post position. So usually uh, the speed on the inside kind of, uh, is a thing at the Preakness State. Now, usually that helps the outside stalkers, so people like Authentic will probably kind of keep it up and in there. And so uh, don't don't be, you know, surprised if uh, Authentic, with all that stuff on the inside, with all the speed, makes a good run at the end. But uh, I don't know. I think it'd be fun, kind of pick the upset. Uh, so go ahead and throw, you know, $5 on Art Collector, Um but there's some other ones. There's a, a, a sweet little horse uh, named Pneumatic. Um, it's a sire of uh, Uncle Mo back in the day. It's 20 to 1. He's going to run the 10th spot. It's going to be just outside of Authentic. Uh, this is the like quintessential stalking horse. So it's going to stay just off the side, uh, which should be a, a pretty moderate pace. I mean, it should be 
trucking pretty good. And, uh, man, that, that horse couldn't easily um, take the turn and, and make a big run uh, towards the end. And then, uh, goofy enough, another one that I like, uh, it's called Mr. Big News uh, in the second uh, post position. Um, if you decide that you want to go ahead and, and put your money on the, the old favorite with uh, Authentic, go ahead and wrap a second bet. You know, maybe a little $2 one into an exacta and throw a horse like, uh, you know, Mr. Big News in it and uh, see if you can't, you know, turn your little one into a big one. Um, me personally, uh, on the day, I'm going to go uh, and I'm actually going to get the bet this year because of uh, the old casino down the road. So I'm actually going to drive down there and put one on uh, um, Art Collector to win. And then I'm going to have little tiny one, uh, exacta, and I'm going to go three, nine, exacta. Uh, just, man, if that thing were to hit, holy cow, you might not see me for a few days. But if you do decide, I mean, uh, horse racing, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the ticket for the weekend. Don't miss it. All right, and to wrap things up, let's look at our league how things are going, how people are trending, what people happen to be doing, that sort of thing. I mean, if you jumped on the waiver wire this week, there was quite a few kind of sneaky grabs here and there. The ones that I like the most, old Dan takes Mike Davis running back from Carolina. That guy is Christian McCaffrey for like the next few weeks. He's the overall replacement they don't have any other real guy uh, and he's going to get all the carries and all the targets and all that kind of stuff so that was a, a sneaky good move at least until uh, a few weeks from now christian mccaffrey comes back they might ease him back in and he might still be viable but definitely no more than a handful of weeks but still yet for old dan trying to make the playoffs here great grab great pickup uh the other one that i really liked uh you got the van buren boys going after malcolm brown uh, running back for the Rams. Uh, right now, um, their first-round draft pick is still injured, and so the running back shares are kind of all over the place, and they are, without a doubt, a run-heavy team. And this week especially, um, they are a huge favorite. And what that means is you're likely going to see a ton of carries. Nobody runs the ball more in the second half of games than the Los Angeles Rams thus far this year. And so I love that pickup uh, by the old Van Buren boys. So those are, those are my two favorites. Now, very quickly, our league standings. In the East, you got the Van Buren boys at 2-1. and one. You got ESPC, surprisingly enough, also at 2-1. and one. Uh, Our other two... Next two teams, Backwoods Bastards and Battle Harden, are both one and two, and taking up the cellar. Fifth spot, the perennial losers, zero oh and three. On the west side, you got Gray Fox, three and zero. Oh, old Dan, three and zero. Oh, Team Ramrod, two and one. The Pandaville Pork Swords, one and two, and then Team Dunheasel, zero oh and three. Now, what's kind of crazy about all of this is I don't know who I would kind of project as, like, the next best team. I know uh, the ESPN website has the the crazy little trends thing, uh, 
And uh, right now they still got Gray Fox moving up from last year's second place to this year's first place. But in the crazy big jump that they've got this week, they've got Team Ramrod for some reason going from seventh to second. So trend style it looks Fox, Ramrod, and then Van Buren boys before Pandeville Pork Swords. Now, this would leave out uh, Dan moving him from fourth to fifth. And I think that's kind of unique. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd, if I'd say Dan's team is, uh, is outside that top three. Now, crazy enough, I, I'm looking at the last spot in the playoffs. I'm, I'm likely somebody's first round bye, but still yet yeah, returning to playoffs for ESPC. That's fantastic. Now, if you look at just the overall points for, points against type thing, like how lucky have teams been, right? Points against is one of those, you know, like, dang, everybody happens to have a good week against me type ordeals. And the Backwoods Bastards have had 461 points scored on them. But worse yet, Pandeville Pork Swords, Team Ramrod, and then Gray Fox have all had over 415 points scored on them. That's not ideal. What I think is surprising, <laughs> just crazy, one of our over teams, uh, Perennial Losers, has had the fewest points scored on him, and yet still 0-3. Now, Sneaky, outside of that, Old Dan has only had 366 points scored on him. I mean, is this a paper tiger, as they would call it, right? Is this guy actually a contender because so many teams thus far have had a bad week against him? Eh, probably not. I think he's really good uh, because if you look at the points four, uh, he's sitting at third best overall. Uh, Dan scored 451 points. The Van Buren boys have scored 500 points. But the best team by far in our league right now, Gray Fox has scored 572 points, which is why I've been looking at restaurants in Chicago. And I have to tell you, when I get there for our championship dinner, I'm definitely going to have breakfast at Batter and Berries. It's an adorable Lincoln Park BYOB cafe with soul food twist. It's known for their French toast flights. The restaurant has served more than 100 varieties. That sounds fantastic. I would love to get chicken and waffles drizzled with nutmeg hot sauce. Think about that. That's going to be delicious. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for when Gray Fox ultimately wins this league because it just seems inevitable almost already in week four. Now, that being said... I think that this week's matchups are supremely entertaining. Uh, first off, you've got some genuinely close ones. My, the closest one right now happens to be with yours truly. You've got uh, the Eastside Panda Cartel, a two-point favorite against the Backwoods Bastards, uh, 121-119.4. Next on our list here, you got Fleming Battle Harden against Old Dan. Uh, Old Dan has a commanding sort of projected lead here, uh, 124 over 111. 
Uh, perennial losers take on the Van Buren boys. Uh, losers are projected to score under 100 points again this week. And, man, that'd be rough. Team Ramrod taking on the Pandaville Pork Swords. This is a huge game for our Pork Swords because they don't want to fall too far behind in the conference race. Now, I will say, with just in analyzing this matchup a little bit closer than the others because it's one of the only ones that's, I don't know, exciting. Um, Deshaun Watson is due for a bounce-back game against Minnesota. So, I mean, that's a good thing for the Panaville Pork Swords. But as I told you earlier, uh, Team Ramrod's rocking Cam Newton this week, and I genuinely think that Cam Newton is going to lead uh, the New England Patriots to a, an amazing game. I mean, that guy is going to keep it close. That guy is going to run the ball. That guy, it's it's all funneling through Cam. So uh, the quarterback matchup should be supremely close. But you got to lean to Sean Watson because Minnesota's defense has been absolutely awful. They're still super young in the secondary because of all these injuries. Uh, their best defensive end or one of the top defensive ends in all of football is still out for them. I mean, it just isn't going well for them. Now, the only thing that might uh, kind of damper both quarterbacks is the game flow isn't projecting right now to be overly quick. Uh, when Deshaun Watson takes on Minnesota, Minnesota wants to run the ball. They want to hold on to the ball. They want to eat up the clock. And I bo- firmly believe this week that Bill Belichick is going to be doing the same thing with New England uh, when they take on Kansas City. And so game flow-wise, not super uh, good, but I feel like both are due for huge, huge uh, blow-up type thing. Now, outside of that, Ramron's got... Alvin Kamara, and that is the only skilled position guy right now for New Orleans. However, I hear Michael Thomas might be coming back. He's questionable right now. And if that's the case, huge upgrade to the Vanderbilt Pork Swords because without that guy, he still has an amazing roster. But that guy is the difference maker for New Orleans. He's probably, from a gambling standpoint, um, worth the most points of any position player outside of a quarterback. I'd go pretty, yeah, I feel pretty strongly in saying that. I mean, he is a premier receiver and supremely important for New Orleans. Now, keep moving down the list, and you see there's all sorts of, you know, questionable people here and there, but it's as even as it gets, and it's awesome. I mean, you, you have Darren Waller against George Kittle. You got DK Metcalf against Adam Thielen. I mean, it's it's a who's who. These are two very well-built teams, and so if you were to follow a fantasy game close, this is the one. This is your big game. This is your, your this is not on Thursday night. This is your Monday night football game. Team Ramrod versus the Panaville Pork Swords is uh, is one we should all be glued to. Now, uh, last but certainly not least, I I don't think I've got. Yep, yeah, yeah, we got one more. Uh, old Team Dunheasel taking on Gray Fox. Gray Fox is projecting already to score a hundred and fifty points. It's the highest projection of any game for any team, and he should thoroughly. Uh, stomp team Dunheasel. So, rough. We, we've got a couple of blowouts potentially 
uh, on the on the list here, but there's some really really close competitive games, and uh, this is kind of a big week to to keep some some uh, conference hopes alive and uh, keep some people in the thick of things. So now I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you're all fantastic, and uh, if not, I mean I don't know. I've been doing this podcast um, for not that long now, but um, I was kind of reflecting on it just the other day and, and texting some people and things like that. And I don't know, it just feels like a good way to connect to people again. You know, when when you were all in on one particular thing and everybody was focused towards a something, uh, it, it's just a special sort of bond that you create with people. And now that I'm not coaching this year, uh, I can I can feel the lack of of camaraderie i can feel the lack of adrenaline i can feel the lack of that sort of unique focus that goes in when you can just take a group of strangers and all have that sort of like common thread uh and with our incredibly divisive times right now like i don't know it just made me feel good that i can do something simple like this and hopefully you know cause a 20 minutes of joy in your life. So, um, I don't know. I thought this the other day, uh, when we were making those bets and things like that, it used to be just sort of an individual thing. And, and I put some money down at the old casino here and, and it was a whatever, but knowing that actually some of you are betting along with me now, um, it just, it, it made me, you know, look a little harder, uh, at the TV. It made me, it made me stand up probably a little longer, uh, you know, watching Buffalo drive down at the end of the game there, it it gave me a little more excitement because, you know, when when you, you win with the pod, you lose with the pod. We're all in this together. <laughs>